Scott Show, as I told you guys, a loaded show on this Friday morning. The guys from Rage and Review will be on for a segment to give their uh, breakdown of predictions for number 23, Louisiana, at number 19, Texas. We'll visit with Nick Underhill from New Orleans.Football in the 8 o'clock hour to talk some Saints. And we're going to talk some Saints right now and a little talk a little life as well with our good friend uh, Gus Cattengale, who has come on with me Fridays for cheese. 13, 14 years now. And, uh, you know, man, I, I, I remember Katrina, and obviously things were different then than they are now, and, and Ida's different in various ways. But, you know, I'm talking to you right now, and you're not back home. A lot of people aren't back home in New Orleans. You're kind of working from a satellite location. Uh, our listeners want to know, certainly I want to know, man, how is the family mm-hmm. holding up, and, and how did everything go for you guys in regards to the storm? Good, man. Uh, you know, very lucky. First off, man, good hearing from you. And um, this is actually kind of a nice break from, uh, you know, thinking of all the things that we have to be thinking about. Uh, obviously, our uh, our days since we've gotten here, we're in Atlanta, north of Atlanta, kind of, uh, I think of, you know, can, um, call it can, uh, Covington, Mandeville, Slidellish part of town. If you want to kind of reference it to New Orleans, it's the northern part of Atlanta by the Braves ballpark by Marietta. So we're kind of up here. Um, Came here Saturday, man, and we actually had a brother-in-law and one of uh, my wife's sisters who didn't come with us on Saturday, stayed, went through the storm, and then quickly realized on Monday they needed to come back. Um, they made it through damage, whatever, staying, um, got a chance to go through our house and look at it. I don't know what I did to deserve it, man, but I don't know how I, I, I came away unscathed relatively. And I mean that in terms of you know my roof's intact. Don't have water damage that I know of. They walked in the house. They emptied the fridge. Now the shed where, you know, my laundry and all that stuff is, we'll, we'll see. But, I mean, literally the house to the left, left to the right of mine, major damage. The house is across the street, which we're getting the wind, um, I guess, directly coming out of the south. I mean, it, it you know, looking at, at, at photos, and, I mean, you guys know. I mean, you guys would knows what it I mean, last year, you know, fours went through and around the area there. It's like a bomb, you know. It's just, it's it, it's incredible to see trees on the side, roofs shattered. I mean, of course, all the fences are down. It's just, it, it's nuts, man. So um, it kind of hits you when, you know, you're sitting up here and you're watching it, just like I'm listening, has gone through it past here. And, you know, if you do leave, you're, you're anxious. You're wondering, you know, does it go left? Does it go right? You feel terrible. You wanted it to go, you know, a few miles east and west, but you know what those people are about to go yeah, through. Yeah, it's a weird thing. You know, man. psychologically, you're like, you you yeah. want to be safe with your family, but you also know yeah. somebody's going to take no, the hit. I mean, last it's, year, it's, last it's, year, right? Ones went to the left of us, and that was a you. That was you, Scott. Your listening audience. That was the people in Lake Charles that are still, Ooh. you know, Lake devastated Charles, and, him, you know, my my board op man lives in Golden Meadow. Ooh. I don't know, you know. He's one of those guys that just like, I'm going to stay no matter what. And I'm like, oh, buddy, no. you need to leave. He's the guy you talk to when you call in on uh-huh. Wednesday, Scott. And um, he basically don't have a house anymore. And, you know, my owners 
house, the chimney in the top kind of fell down. I mean, they're, they're still able to patch their stuff enough. So, I mean, look, it, it's one of those things where we're sitting here in a very nice place and, again, super thankful um, where, I, I you know, our, our days are spent of, okay, you know, looking at updates and looking at the coverage and what people are going through. But I have an aunt and uncle that didn't leave. We told them to, and um, they're roughing it. They had major damage. Um, their roof was leaking. They have standing water. And, you know, it's heat index of 103 and no power, no running water. So, um, I don't know, man. I, I don't know what the lessons are. Obviously, if you can go somewhere, not, but I, I do know that there's some people that can't go anywhere. And it just stinks. Um, you know, to not have running water for five, seven days, to not hear you're not going to have power for 21 days, it's, you know, it's uh, it's overwhelming. But, again, man, it's it's kind of one of those things where am I, am I safe? Is my family with me? Is our house okay? You know, you start thinking of all the little things, the keepsakes, the memories. I mean, your son's and they're going, you know, is my toys all right? You know, is am I going to take my pet my bed? And just things that like get you, and then and then you spend two minutes on Twitter and realize how how worse it could have been. You know, people losing literally yeah. everything and yeah. friends that we know, friends that we that we really know that we're on the seventh floor of an apartment next to Cabrini High School. Scott, uh-huh. are you familiar with that downtown? And she was on the seventh floor, had standing water in all of her rooms, ceilings caved in, seventh floor of an apartment complex. I mean, it, it you know, it, it was a... And it really all just puts everything yeah. in, in perspective. You know, we're talking about sports, and it's, um, you know, talking to, to Billy Napier this week, and he mentioned that as well, you know. Uh, so many players on UL's team, you know, have loved ones in the area that was hit hard. We're from there. And he's like, you know, we're trying to help yeah. them and the staff members. Oh yeah, the, yeah. You know, so many people. And it just, sure, maybe we lost a few days of practice and preparation, but that's not important. You know, that was his response to a question about the schedule yeah. being altered or whatever. It just, you know, it, it puts things in perspective. And, you know, football's yeah. football is a great escape. And, and we're going to talk about it. But I'm, um, you know, I'm glad that you guys are okay and safe. And you and I were texting, you know, during and after the storm. But uh, for all those out there listening, you know, thoughts and prayers and whatever we can do to help. Um, there's been a lot of different drives happening here around Lafayette. Yeah. Glad you guys are all right, man. But I also know there's a lot of stress and anxiety that comes with it. Um, and uh, for that, you know, with that, we won't we won't spend as much time talking football this morning because of because of that reason and because you got a lot going on. Uh, ESPN fourteen twenty. Gus Kangel with us. Well, Gus, um, while we do have you for for you know five or ten more minutes, um, college football week one it started last night, and you yeah, got, you got a number of games on the schedule tomorrow. Uh, Tulane, unfortunately, we're going to post Oklahoma, which would have been cool. Now they got to play there. Uh, UL Texas. I've, I've been you know doing a lot of radio hits on stations in Austin this week, uh, and uh, and then LSU UCLA on. On Saturday evening, you got Georgia Clemson in a big showdown. Uh, so, you know, and I think um, that game is what? In Atlanta, where you are right now. So there's just mm-hmm. a lot of uh, big uh, – Penn State-Wisconsin's a good one to open up with Saturday morning. Yeah. It's here, man. I mean, college football, I know we had week zero. I know we had some some, some fun stuff last night. But tomorrow is really when, when I think we just really get to sink our teeth into it. What are you looking forward to most? What are you most interested in watching? 
You know what? Honestly, just actually seeing it, man. I mean, last night we're sitting there having dinner, and, and right afterwards we all sat there like, oh, Minnesota, you know, giving Ohio State the game and, you know, and watching some of these big game matchups that are coming. Obviously, my dad went to LSU, my father in law, LSU, both sets of parents up here. So, <laughs> got a bunch of people. So, we're, we're all trying to find out where to watch the game. Ty Graffanini, um, voice of the Pelicans, he's about 35 minutes south. He actually brought his kids over, came swimming yeah. by the assistant laws, and we were talking, and we we're planning on going to see the games on Saturday, you know, and, and we're, you know, we definitely want to see the Tulane game. We want to see UL in Texas. LSU's, I mean, this Eastern time thing you got to get used to. Dude. You're going to be up late, bro. You're going to be up oh, late. dude. My eyes are like, uh, I mean, yeah. So, um, no, but. I was just happy to hear. You know why, Scott? Because I, I felt like we have, like, literally have just listened to everything you can think of that has to do with not it, right? Conference alignments, um, you know, Texas and OU, the um, name, image, and likeness. I mean, just it, it seemed like everything about it, and you can just watch and turn on the TV and, you know, there it is. There's college football. That's what we like. That's what we want to hear and and see. So I I think that's the thing that I look forward to the most. And and quite honestly, Scott, I, I know every year there's you know there's the polls. There's people that look at it, but I I don't know if there's a dominant team this year. You know, I, I who is it? Who's the person? I mean, the, that's uh, name yeah, well. recognition or you know I don't think it happens there. So. Look, I, I think the storyline in the SEC, and I get it, you know, what, Bama's a 19-point favorite over the Hurricanes and all that stuff, but, you know, that, that kid's never throwing a pass. Now, granted, he's throwing to NFL receivers, potentially, but look, look what happened to LSU last year. When you lose that many NFL prospects and players, yes, those guys, you That's know, right. next yeah. up, yeah. They, they can do it. Never been there, Scott. You know, like, I'm watching that Ohio State-Minnesota game, and, you know, Ohio State has incredible players. Lots of NFL players. That first quarter, you got to get your legs under you. Uh-huh. You know, it's the first game that you're playing. So week I one, week like one brings some uncertainty. I think that that's right. the point, right? Um, right. And yeah. I, I misspoke. Clemson, Georgia's playing in Charlotte. You've got the Miami, Alabama game. We're in your neck of the woods. Where right. We are currently in Atlanta. But yeah, man, I Roll think back. I think there there brings some um, <laughs> it brings some uncertainty. And I think you know, just looking at this UL Texas game that when that, when that line opened up, I guess in the spring or early summer, it was Texas like four minus 14. Now at the majority of books, it's Texas minus eight. And you know, that tells you if the game was a Cajun field, it'd be Texas minus two. Uh, Mm -hmm. The fact that a lot of money has been put on Louisiana, obviously to move the line that much over a period of time, granted a long period of time, it's just a week one matchup, but it tells you, uh, what the betters think about it, you know, and I, guys, I'm telling you, if, if you're, if I, I don't, somebody, I was, I was talking with somebody that covers the team and they said, I think it's the biggest game in school history. And I disagreed with them. I think it's the biggest opportunity in school history. And the AD was on me this week and he agreed with that point because, you know, if, if they win and they, let's say they run the table, I mean, cause if you win, if you're UL, you get to, you're basically going to be ranked in the teens. Right. Correct. If you don't stub your toe, you're going to remain there all season. Uh, looked at as one of the best in the group of five. You might have some top 25 games scheduled later because App State may work their way into the top 25, may work their way into the top 25. But the opportunity, the biggest opportunity in terms of just in terms of national attention is week one because you don't just get the attention of perhaps beating Texas if they do 
but being able to ride that wave of man, this guy Billy Napier is a hot commodity, is a big name coach. Every time the top twenty five ticker rolls by, you see Louisiana. When you look, oh, who, the top twenty five score rundowns, you see the name right there. And so, you know, Boise State and UCF playing really late last night. Neither's ranked, but why does everyone know who they are in the group of five? Because they had consistently great seasons at, in, in a group of five, and eventually they had big moments, big wins, and then they sort of became these brands. UL really hasn't had that, but they, they, they do now because it's been kind of building to this point for a few years. So if they lose, you know what? They still have a great season. They really can right. finish rank, do all these amazing things. But, Gus, if they win, that opportunity – and, and I, I've been kind of back and forth on on how who I think is going to win. You know, last night I was – really most of the week I was kind of leaning toward Texas. And now as I'm talking to you and – thinking of Texas working in a new quarterback, a new coach. Uh-oh, it's uh-oh. like, uh, you know, it, Say it, Scott. I'm kind of leaning it, toward Louisiana right now. <laughs> I, I, I am today. I am. I think I think it, it sets up for them to possibly do it. Now, the big key to me is the, is the run defense. And if B. John right. Robinson gets going, it, it really doesn't matter. Texas is going to then be able to dictate the style of the game and how they want it played. But if they, if they can – you know, I mean, last year, Brees Hall, I think he was first team all all Big 12 running back, maybe one of the best offensive players, something like that in the Big 12. He was the running back at Iowa State. He rushed for over 100 against UL, but he never broke off the big one, right? They they kept him in check. The Cajuns keep B. John Robinson in check. I really feel right. like they're going to win the game tomorrow. I I, I do. I, I've kind of been back and forth, but right now I'm leaning toward them. I'll say this. I, I think if you're looking at the money line, I like the Cajuns. I mean, you're giving eight and a half on some books, eight. Certainly liked it when it was ten and a half. Um, sure. But but I, I, I how, what are you? I'm, I'm rambling here. What are your thoughts on this game, Gus? I, I think sort of like you. Here's my. Here's the one thing you do have a lot of experience, right, with the Cajuns. Um, you, you have, I think, a coach that's just steadily building a program of belief. I guess is the way I look at it. Look, you're you're not weighing 23rd in the polls if if people around you don't feel that way and and it's not disrespectful but it's you know when you're starting the season like that it's because you're you're building upon season upon season upon season and that's the problem with you know being in a non-power five conference you know you have clowns that start top five top ten that you know just because of their name because of their school because of their name you know, and you'll watch these games, and you're like, here we go again, Oklahoma's two, Ohio State's I mean, it's the same five teams, Notre Dame and Kelly who will blow it later, don't play anybody, but it's their names. When you're not those schools, you have to earn it, unfortunately, and it's like you're saying, you can win that game Saturday, and then for them to even remotely um, be able to complain about probably not being invited to a New Year's Day Bowl, they have to go undefeated, which is not fair. And that's why, like I was saying, that's what I've enjoyed about seeing the last couple of days, finally football, because we've been doing nothing but talking about conference. But this is why it's big. And this is why you saw the Pac-12 and the Big Ten and the ACC form an alliance, non-contract, right? Just their word. Um, Because instead of playing directional schools, they're going to play somebody else. So you'll see Ohio State take on North Carolina. You see USC you know, take on Michigan instead of UL, instead of Tulane playing Oklahoma. So what stinks 
is those quote-unquote check games absolutely do help build programs, help build facilities, to help you know the get your beating, yeah. or you know you might get a, a surprise win and you know help you in the ranking stuff. But you need those games. Well, with these alliances, you're just not going to see those games coming up in the future. So I think for UL, the way you look at this game is, man, have that good showing, show that you want to be on the bigger stage. But you know, at the end of the day. It's really about, you know, where your program is going and where it's coming. It's The wagons have been circled um, for the have and have nots. I mean, in the last month, you've seen the SEC become like a fort, Fort Knox of money in trying to help. Then you saw three other conferences try to at least form another fort and barrier. So, it just stinks, you know, so enjoy it, you know, if you can go to the game and be fantastic to be in that environment and see it and, you know, and all of that. But, man, it's just um, at the end of the day, man, I, I, I think why not go out there? Maybe that's the message that Coach Napier is saying, too, as well. You know, go out there and show who you are. I mean, no, no one's thinking you can win. You know, you're not Texas. You don't have your name, but what you're doing is building your name. You're building this program into a bigger name. You're building this program into, hey, you don't want to play them, um, so I, I believe me. I am so rooting uh, for the Cages, man, uh, on Saturday. ESPN fourteen twenty. All right, uh, Gus Tulane. Unfortunately, having to play that game at OU. They're based in Birmingham right now. Um, Thirty-one and a half point dogs at Oklahoma. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I I feel for Tulane. It's hard to move an entire program to a different city, and then the be excited about getting to host OU, and then now you're having to go there. It's uh, this is a tall task for the way. What can they take away from this game tomorrow? Oh man, I, you know what's so difficult is I, I I've talked to several people that have been looking at practices and just you know get their opinions onto the season, and it, it's literally the you know it's. Yin and yang, dude. It's like, uh, you know, it's it's both sides of the coin. That's the way to kind of put it. Everyone says it's probably one of the most talented Willie Fritz teams, but it's also one of the most difficult schedules Tulane's ever had. <laughs> so you, you have Oklahoma, you have Ole Miss as the non-conference games. Um, you haven't been able to show you can beat Houston and Memphis and teams of that nature. So it's going to be difficult, but – you know, sort of like you were just discussing right now with the Cajuns, it's, you know, it, it's great to have those showings in Oxford. It'd be great to have that showing now in Norman, but you're not going to be where you want to be or be what Willie Fritz wants to be, and that is American Athletic Conference champions if you can't win in your conference. Um, UCF is still pretty strong, and, and now you don't have a division. So it's literally the top two that play for the conference title. So you, you have to beat those teams and, you know, they don't play a service Academy this year. Thankfully, because they always find a way to make those games a lot more interesting than they need to. But, you know, at the end of the day, Scott, you have to beat Memphis. You have to beat um, Houston. You're going to have to beat some of those teams that are tough, that have had sort of your number. So I think when you look at that, it's going to be one of those things where, um, I think you're going to be playing with Imbolton, obviously, um, representing the state and, and seeing where they are. But, again, Oklahoma, highly ranked. So, 
let's you know, let's say you're going up against another Heisman quarterback, which every year seem to have a Heisman candidate. So um, I'm interested, though, from this aspect. Just kind of a, a, a side note. Um, Michael Pratt last year I thought was really, really good. Kind of one of the highlights of the season last year for Tulane. They couldn't stop anybody on third down or fourth down. Like, literally, if it was third and 27, it was going to be a first down for the other team, Scott. That we joked in the broadcast booth. The further the distance on third down, the better the opportunity the opposing team had. They could get off the field on third and two, third and three. Third and 27, it was going to be a first down. So, <laughs> that terrible safety play, their corners were not good. Um, that's going to be the key. On that side of the ball, if they have trouble getting off the field, they, they didn't do bad on first and second, but if they did, it's going to be bad. So I don't know about the safety play. I don't know about the corner play. They've had a couple of guys go into the NFL last couple of years. It was not the case last year. But to me, Michael Pratt, the quarterback, I thought was – I was excited to see what happened this year with the new coordinator, a capable from Notre Dame. Scott, the reports I've had have not been good. Pratt's had a terrible fall camp. Um, and this new offensive coordinator has a unique style, let's just say. And um, it, it it seems very uh, – I've been at Notre Dame. This is how we do it, and, you know, very um, demonstrative and, and very too you know, forward to players, you know. I, I overheard – one comment of like, do you, do you want to play quarterback for this university towards him? And so I, I you know, his philosophy is trying to toughen you at practice to make the games easier. Um, I, I, I just find it very interesting to see how this is going to go in game one, because it's, it's been very, yeah, it's been brought up by a lot of people that have been to practices and the two scrimmages that they've had that it's, um, he hasn't had a good fall the quarterback, and I had a loss because that guy was an NFL quarterback last year. <laughs> so, you know, sometimes uh, coordinators and players, man, uh, either they mesh or they don't. So we'll see. We'll Gus, see what happens. Gus Kangel, Saints and Pelicans correspondent. Obviously, we talk more than just that. We talk a lot of uh, other sports, college football, the topic. Lastly, uh, we talk UL Texas, a little too late OU. LSU, UCLA, um, I think LSU wins this game. I think they're going to be improved this year. I'm thinking – Nine and three, um, but uh, Chip Kelly, you know, is this when it all comes together? I, I'm Hawaii is terrible, so I'm not surprised UCLA won by a lot last week. I also know that if LSU loses this game, the seat is sizzling hot for O, and uh, panic sets in before they really get off the ground. But I, I think I think they win at UCLA just because they're deeper. They're am I crazy here? Do you think the Bruins take this? You know, here's the thing. I I I understand confidence um, in that, like you have it, and and I get it. Um, but I would look at it like this. they they had problems on the offensive line um, in a two scrimmages, which again, it just it's the way he operates that program is funny at times. Coach O, um, he's very bravado. We were listening earlier in this week when they arrived in L.A. and you know we're ready, we're gonna dominate. We okay, let's. You, you you were um you're you know you're 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 writing the check. Now you got to cash it now. You know when you're saying you're going to be that dominant against them, um, because I can tell you the people that again have covered them or, you know that come on and report and talk about them, their offensive line has struggled. Their running game is non-existent. They do not have running backs. I, I don't know what's the issue. Those two guys, and Emery and, 
and I, I just I, I thought they were going to be so much better, um, but they haven't shown up. He's challenged them. He's challenged the offensive line. Um, I love Max Johnson. I thought Max Johnson should have been the starter regardless, and I know everyone was saying Mike Brennan before the injury and all of that, and you know, it's unfortunate. You never want him to lose the starting job because of that, but I thought Max Johnson to begin with. So you have a team, but who's the other receivers? Um, and, and look, I, I, this is just me. You get, that defense has got to show me that they're better. I mean, I, I understand Stingley's got the number in the jersey, but, you know, are you going to be the difference maker? Are you going to be the person on third down, the, the turnover guy, something that you can do? And, and here's the one thing no one's talking about, man. You have two new coordinators, you know? So that adjustment period in game, and, oh, by the way, those two guys have never been head coordinators at that, those positions. So – it's been quarterbacks, coach, defensive backs. So, I mean, you, you haven't had offensive or defensive coordinators. And that that's an adjustment, you know? That's an adjustment. So, how long does that take? Will they get it? Sure. But it, it's it's a little different than when you're just sitting there one second and you're, you know, helping call plays or, or diagnosing. It's another one. The play clock is going and you're you're trying to make adjustments and you're trying to, you know, diagnose that. Um, I do think LSU was talented, but th- that is a that is a, a a point to look at this year as you move forward. How long does it take those adjustments um, and those coordinators to, to go with those guys? And again, I still think you have question marks until you have people that can sort of show it. But Scott, I feel that way about the SEC West. I, I legitimately feel that way about the SEC. I think you've had a run of three, four years, man, where you had uh, insane top. Five, ten, fifteen players coming from one or two schools. I mean, this past NFL draft, it was either Bama, you know, or an LSU Tiger. I mean, it was, you know, in the draft. I just, I'm not saying it's not going to happen after this year, but I normally your, your audience is pretty in touch with college football. Mine is as well. You know, in the past, I think you could probably name five easy off the top of your head mm-hmm. SEC players from some of the top schools. I. I, I literally tried this earlier with, with some family up here. I'm like, name me five LSU Tigers. You know, and like, we got to about three or four. So, I mean, it's just, and that's what I'm getting at. It's just, it, you, you have some young players, and, um, you know, it's, it takes some sort of time to do it. Gus Cagniel, great stuff. I think they right. win, but not that big. Yeah, you know, I, I just, it, for me, I just don't think UCLA is, is going to be great this year. That's kind of, I, I think mm-hmm. there's an overreaction to how they played against a really bad team in Hawaii. Maybe this is when Chip Kelly finally puts it together at UCLA. But um, in the meantime, I'm just glad college football is here. Gus Cagill has been our right. guest. We're going to talk a lot of Saints in the 8 o'clock hour with uh, with Nick Underhill. I wanted to talk more college football with Gus. But before we let you run, Gus, final thing. What kind of impact does having to practice in a different city, live in a different city, play a home game in a different city from that city, these uh, hurdles that you right. know, in the grand scheme of things, that aren't as important as, as Hurricane Ida and, and the you know the recovery and everything else that needs to occur first. Mm-hmm. But with the Saints having to practice in Dallas um, and travel to Jacksonville for a home game, which I was a little surprised it wasn't Arizona or somewhere that was going to be indoors. Um, but you know, I, just all of these things, all of the hurdles that Hurricane Ida has presented the Saints which in comparison isn't as important as, as obvious ones, but 
How do you think that impacts the team on the field? Is this a rallying cry? Is this just uh, more right. difficult in the end? I kind of lean toward, sure, it's a rallying cry, but it just makes things really, really hard. Well, look, you, you have a lot of logistical issues. At the same time, it is an NFL team, and when you have money, money can help alleviate a lot of those issues, right? And what I mean by that is they're not staying at, um, you know, they're staying at a nice place. Their family's with them, and one of the main concerns for people. Let's be honest, right? Scott, I mean, could you do your show from, say, here in Atlanta with me if your family was here? You know, i got Callaway playing with Carver, and they're swimming, and you're downstairs doing It'd your show. Tough. You'd be comfortable. It'd be tough. But, you, no, but you'd be comfortable, right? I mean, because you know they're safe. They're right outside. Oh, I got you. That point of it. Breaks. Right, right, right. They would, right. That oh, part no, of I'm not talking about, yeah. No, no, you're not talking about the literal. Right, right. I got you. Yeah, but what I'm saying is if, you know, you if you told your wife, you take care of the Rugrats here for a couple of hours and go play with Kelsey's kids and we, we do the show downstairs in the basement or upstairs, we, we'd be fine because they're safe and you're fine. So I, I think that does alleviate. Yes, you're thinking about your property and doing those things, but there's no people, I think, back home. They probably know people. And again, having money helps to be able to have things get started. Um I'm going to go to what Sean Payton said the first day that they were there and they had availability a couple of days ago, and it was it was it was a cut that he he said that he actually didn't want to sound insensitive, but he kind of doesn't mind it, and and I agree with him. I was thinking it, and then I heard him say it, and I was like, you know what, he's right. This is a very young team, Scott. Um, you have a brand new quarterback trying to become a leader, um, and, and try to. Hold this team. This team does have, I would say, four or five true captains on this team leaders. Jenkins and Jordan are respected. I think Kamara absolutely is a team leader. Winston just is the role man. He's the part. He he is. He wants this to be um, not only his team, but he, I think how he's approached it has been fantastic. He's going to be a part of this team, yet he knows he's a leadership part of it, if that makes sense. And you saw it. In that game, I was in the dome, man, which seems like forever ago. In that preseason game on the Demario Davis team chant, where he was sitting right next to him, and it was funny. I almost referenced that. I said he was playing the part of the Migos. You know, the Migos is a rap group where literally you'll say something and somebody repeats something or add something right to it. You know, uh, and you know, Demario Davis would say like, you know, you play for each other. I'm with you. You know, just like and then he would just he would repeat or would say something right after everything Demario Davis said. So. I think you have leadership in place to help focus where, where you're going and what you want to do. You're already going to have two road games um, after the first game of the season. So that really doesn't change much. When you go to practice and where, and I guess if you've covered a team and you've been around a team, you understand that the schedule aspect of it, right? I mean, on a normal day, your practice is 11, but you're, you're in a facility 637, 8, going through your position group meetings, you're eating, you're getting ready for practice, you go to practice, you get out of practice, you do another film review, whatever, and then you leave. So there's really kind of sort of no different. And to Sean Payton's point, there's nowhere to go. You're, 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 you're going to have dinner probably now more with some of those guys. So the DBs will always be together. Maybe the receivers. So you, I think it's going to bond a team more. And I think they're going to be with one another. And, again, you add the family aspect that's sort of there. Um, 
look, they're, they're going to have the best of what they need, whether it's lodging, working out, facilities, things of that nature. So quite honestly, it sort of alleviates a lot of those things that you probably would have at home. And if you were at home, even if they had power, there's still going to be some pickup to do. We referenced at the beginning of our segment, Lake Charles is still picking up, man. So you know what? Maybe now for the next three weeks, four weeks, you get done practice, you go back in your room or you go eat dinner with your family or, or some of your, you know, your teammates. And you, yeah, you may be on a phone with an insurance just adjuster or something, but you may be not going through all the stuff that you would be going through at home, such as when are the kids going to school? There is no school. Nephew, as a Jesuit, and, you know, they're starting the 13th. My kid was supposed to start Monday, you know, in pre-K four. My wife's like, where is he going to school? What is he doing? I'm trying to get him to do worksheets and learn his letters and numbers. So, I, you know, you wouldn't probably be doing a lot of that stuff than you would be at home. So um, I, I think it might actually help them, to be honest with you. And to the Jacksonville point, actually, it's kind of smart that the Saints kind of maybe picked out of all the available places. Jacksonville is hot and humid. And I thought it was very interesting after the absolute asinine remarks that the general manager for Green Bay said it seemed completely insensitive. Um, But he did say, you know, it's going to be tough to adjust to that heat and humidity. The Saints have just got done practicing and training camp in a very hot month of August. (laughs) Um, Like it was one of our hottest months that we've had on record. So maybe it's a slight advantage. I don't know. You know, I don't think the heat's going to bother them. I don't think the heat's going to be that big of a deal for Green Bay, the way people talk about it. But, you know, if it helps them in that first quarter, it might help them in that first quarter. Maybe it helps them in that fourth quarter in conditioning. I, I don't know. I honestly don't. But that's probably, Scott, why they didn't pick an indoor place because it, it actually benefits the Packers, you know. So it probably makes sense to find somewhere in Florida um, where you're outside in the elements, and I promise you, the Saints players have been <laughs> been been accustomed to it in this month of August, man. The the, first, the few practices I was allowed to go to this year, um, thanks to COVID restrictions, dude, it it was brutal. I mean, it was heat indices of 100 plus every single practice I went to, and um, you know, I, I don't know if by now that wears off or not, but you know, I, I don't know, I. I I'll say this. I, I definitely think, having done this before several times, having gone through the Katrina experience, having gone through 2012 with the evacuate, having gone through all these things that a lot of the players talked about this year, I look, I every night I cut the sound, every night I'm on the Zoom interviews, they seem unaffected, Scott, if that makes sense, as much as they can be. They seem motivated. They seem... Um, understanding of of the fact once again here we are carrying you know the hopes of people it's 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 the welcome distraction for the next couple of hours i mean i can see already on social media coming into tomorrow's lsu game the ul game you know we got a lot of cajun fans in new orleans and you know just like you know they want to be able to watch it stream it put it on i guess for the evacuees the people obviously don't have power or ticked off that they can't see it. I saw literally a tweet earlier today of a guy saying, I got power, baby, LSU in 18 hours or something like that. <laughs> you know, so, I mean, they literally are thinking of that because they'll probably have that game on one way, shape, or form, yeah. radio, television in the background while they're, you know, literally cleaning up. So, um, 
Yeah, it's the it's the beauty of sports, Scott. That um, it it, it serves a distraction and it serves as a, as you said, a war cry or you know, um, something I can pick up. A, I've seen it firsthand. Um, in a, I I want to say a, a much tougher situation, but you know, the the come on the anniversary of Katrina. I, like I said, it's hard for me to even like grasp what I'm that I'm seeing again, dude. I mean, I. You know this, Scott. I mean, you and I were working in the same building, man. I just you know, do not come back for two months back then, but that was different because of the waters and here's more yeah. of the. Yeah, it's just it's just strange, man. Talking to people at our old place, dude, at WWL, Steve Gallard, and we text and I'm like, "How are you?" And you know, just it's just nuts, man. It's nuts to think that you don't have running water. You don't have, you know, it's just it's just nuts, dude. It just I you went through it and, and like here we are again. My wife lost her house in Lakeview at the time and you know so there's a lot of uh that past dude that sports that, that skin, uh, sports when you say it's just a game well on one hand it is and it's not as important as the recovery process but what makes it great is when it can help an individual in a small way in the recovery process that escape that war cry as you put it just uh that joy that it can bring and um football and when it's your team and they're winning and they're playing good and it's a big moment it does those kinds of things. We're going to let you run, mm-hmm. Gus. Appreciate the time, my friend. Glad you guys are safe. Uh, and hopefully, you know, you can get power back in your neighborhood and return to the boot soon. But in the meantime, stay safe. And obviously, if you need anything at all, my friend, you got my number. And uh, plenty of Cajuns over here in Lafayette willing to give you a helping hand if need be. Hey, not a problem. I do want to leave you with this. I thought it was very, very funny. So I've been to several grocery stores up here, you know, getting food and helping out over here. For some reason, I, now I'm, I'm going to be careful how I say this, but they, I, they don't sell cracklins. They sell like those bag pork oh, yeah. rinds. Yeah, right, right, right. Right. I did. You'll see, you have your Lay's, your Frito Lay's one, yeah. and you know, one or two branch. But there is, there is, I would say, about 10 to 12 different types of bagged, fried pork, airy looking things from, you know, uh, and the way they. They present them, you know, the original or, you know, true. And I'm just looking at them nah, like. That ain't, that ain't the real I mean, it looks deal. looks like cotton candy. You know what I'm saying? It's like a cotton candy sort of thing. You know, anything needs to be like lemon and lime. And I'm just watching. I'm just looking at these like barbecue. Like, like I, I literally just want a legit crackling. You know what I'm like? I just, it's just nuts. I'm looking at Next these. Next time I but, see you, yeah, I mean, I you know, will have I know there's, I know Next there's time I see you, and, you will have some no, no, I just thought you, you, you'd find that, a, you'd appreciate the story. You know, they, I, what I, is this, I what guess George does their barbecue. Yeah, what are these colorful stuff. bags of what they call pork rinds that look like cotton candy? Uh, not it, it is. It's very airy. I might have tried it just to see. Ah, and it's ah, like, it's, it's like, but no, but here's the thing. It's, it's like loose leaf paper. I just, I, I, no, uh-uh, uh-uh. There's no meat on it. You know what I'm saying? I, I need meat. I like that. No. So I will say this, man. It's uh, it's nice. The people have been here have been pretty cool. And obviously you go around town and everyone kind of knows what's going on. It was cool to see the Falcons along with the Panthers, the Ravens, the NFL, a bunch of different teams donated a million dollars. So people around here, I mean, look, it's funny. I, I, I brought all of the five T-shirts I packed. Um, for the next three weeks, I do have a Saint shirt, and when I wore it, you know, I, I actually ran into somebody that was from the West Bank, um, who's who's here with his family. So, 
you know, there there are a lot of us in and around here, and it's funny, man. You'll hear a hoot at here, or you hear something like that. So, there we got we got the Louisianians up here in Georgia, but it is uh, it's different. It's different. I'm ready to go back. <laughs> make sure you make sure you rep it hard. Well, you know, if the Saints ended up having to play a game in Atlanta, not against the Falcons, they would they put more fans on the stands than the Falcons do. I mean, yeah, I, I absolutely doesn't want would be there for sure. Yeah, that. No doubt. All right, brother. All the best, man. Uh, you guys stay safe, and uh, we'll catch up again next week. No, for sure, man. Thank you for giving me a call. Yeah, that is Gus Cattengale. We'll come back. The guys from Raging Review Podcast will join me. We'll break down UL versus Texas. Then we'll talk a lot of Saints with Nick Underhill after that. It's the great Scott Show on a Friday. Don't go anywhere. Oh!